Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. Today is November 10th, 2023. This is episode number nine. My name is Kevin. And I'm Liz. Yeah, welcome back. Episode nine, you made a look. Because I can't believe we've done nine already. Yeah, I think we did better this time. It's been, no, it's been darn near exactly a month since we did our last one. A few things have happened since last time. What do you want to start with? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I only only want to talk about a couple things. So uh, one, we went to visit Allie in Chicago. It's the first time we saw her in Chicago since dropping her off. Yeah, that was fun. She actually said to me last night when I talked to her that uh, it actually made her feel good for us to be there. And she had a lot more fun than she expected. Yeah, that was the big difference I wanted for her that I didn't have is my family didn't come visit me down in Cincinnati. I didn't feel like I was ever, if they ever listen to this, they'll hate hearing it, but I didn't feel supported down there. And I wanted her to make sure she felt or does feel supported in Chicago. But yeah, we took Michael with us, her boyfriend, and she spent the few days eating at restaurants. You and I had a night out, which was okay. Right? We went- yeah, it was a little disappointing. I think we had such a great time when we dropped Allie off the first time that it was kind of a high bar to meet. Yeah, I think so. We tried the Goose Island Tap Room, which was just okay. In fact, that was my statement to people when we got back. All the things we tried that were new to us this trip just were okay. We also started coaching hockey, oh. or I, I started coaching hockey. You are our team manager, right? So I, I'm going to practices twice a week, coaching them at one game on the weekends, and it's been fun. Practices are a little stressful because I'm out there with my kids plus kids from three other teams, and they're rotating. You know, I'm running one station. They're rotating in and out of that station every 10 minutes, and it gets a little hectic, but it's fun. Coaching the games is really fun. It's a good group of kids, no troublemakers. Mostly everybody's paying attention to the game. Oh, you got to tell him about Benjamin's joke. Yeah, he has a medical diagnosis, and he, he said to me, my doctor says I have HD. I don't know what that is, but I have 80 of them. <laughs> okay. Hashtag Jed, dad joke. <laughs> it's funny, dude. If you if you met him and saw him, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, he takes it very lighthearted, which is awesome. But yeah, it's been fun. It's, it's really fun because some of them are know what's going on. And others are learning what the blue line is for the first time and how offsides work. So it, it's been fun. And then the only other thing I think in the last month that's significant is both issue one and issue two passed in Ohio this week, which floored me. Going into this, and right, if we recap, issue one was women's rights. And it's not just the right to a what? It's women's re- reproductive rights. Yes. Not just the right to abortion, but there's also preventative health care that comes with that, I believe. Yep. And then issue two was marijuana. My bet going into election night, and I said this to a couple different people, was issue one was going, was going to fail, and issue two was going to pass by an inch. And the reason I said that is because Westerville, the, the Westerville leans left. And looking around town when we're driving around, running, biking, whatever, there were a ton of no signs and very few yes signs, which to me, as a town that leans left, was showing that they were going to vote right, or they were going to vote down the abortion bill. I, I figured that was going down in a landslide. And it I, won't. I really didn't think so. Just the conversations I've, conversations I've had with women or people around town, it was very, very much so. And even in the summertime, they were doing ballot marks out in front of Java Central. They're asking people to sign that ballot or sign that petition to get it on the ballot. And no, they had signed that ballot and there was tons of people on that. And it was really awesome to watch. But uh, no, I thought it was, I thought it was going to pass by a lot, just from my perspective. That impression was skewed maybe by who you hang out with? It might. You don't hang out with the general population. You're no, not, you're not and I out. agree. There's There was tons of signs out there, like that big Sunbury Road billboard as yeah. you're com- coming north on Sunbury Road. Oh, wow. 
that surprised me. Yeah, the the one that cracked me up it was it was the common issue or no on issue one sign. I don't know if you ever read the fine print. It was it was something to the effect of protect women's rights, paid for the group protecting children or something like that. It was it was sideways. Oh, and that was the other thing that cracked me up. There were the no signs. Some of the the small lettering underneath the no signs would state protect parents' rights. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. How is that parents? It's one person. I think part of the scare tactic is that, you know, any girl under the age of 18 can now go get an abortion and doesn't have to involve her parents. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the law clearly needs to state that. No, no medical professional is going to provide medical services to a minor without their parents signing on it. No, I, I'm really glad it did. I'm really glad it passed. And then issue two, on the other hand, you also thought that was going to squeak by. Oh, by the way, it passed pretty heavily. Both were around 57%, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was going to pass because I don't think that one really leans left or right or were. I mean, let's be honest, in Ohio, left versus right is also very typically urban versus rural, right? And I think both urban and rural, or at least parts of them, care about marijuana. So I figured that they're, both sides were going to be voting at least somewhat yes, and it would pass. I didn't expect 57%. But issue two is, wasn't just making it legal to smoke or have or maintain. You can home grow it too now. Yeah, up to two or three plants. Six. Six? Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be a game changer for bars. I think it's going to help people sleep. I think it's going to curb a lot of anxiety in the in the ecosystem. I don't know. I think it's going to be different when it actually takes effect. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to talk about in the last month? I might be allergic to shellfish. Oh, sure. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I may have had sushi yesterday. And yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, but I had two pieces of a buckeye roll, and after that, my tongue felt warm, my face was all red and warm, and within maybe 10 minutes, my tongue swelled up to the point I couldn't, I was slurring words, my throat started closing, and my hands started turning red and itchy and puffy, and my feet started turning itchy and puffy, and had a anaphylaxic. Yeah, that was interesting. Ended up in the emergency room with lots of drugs to get it, curb it. EpiPen, epinephrine, steroids, Benadryl, Pepsid, and there was another one. But I think it was a combination because I just got diagnosed with an ear infection, which happens twice a year for me, two to three times a year for me. And I took an amoxicillin right before I had that sushi. I'm wondering if it's a combination of the two, but we'll see. I don't think so. Sorry. You took an amoxicillin in the morning as well, and that had no effect. Okay, it was a stale amoxicillin. Just because I knew I had an ear infection, I was just going to try to curb it off. Okay, but you were better in 15 minutes after the drugs. Oh, yeah. And they had to keep me for three hours to monitor me. It was irritating. No TV, no phone. Just sat there listening to people groan and grunt in the emergency room. It was awful. All right, tonight we are drinking a 2020 Bella. Bella. That's it. We really chose this wine because we wanted to get a red after last month's white. Did we do a white? No, I'm trying to remember. You really like the white. Oh, yeah. It was a Sauvignon Blanc from, right? Sauvignon Blanc from Slovenia? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was. But this comes to us from Spain. And I, it just happens to be Spain. I, I Looking at our cabinet right now, it's two reds from Spain or the white. And this is not a red given to us by Marta. This is Metz's wine of the month or the red of the month for September. So I want to go into a little more background on Spain. We were relying on Marta to cover that for us back in the spring, but we didn't really spend a whole lot of time on it. 
So I'm going to assume you know where Spain is. But Spain by area is 195,000 square miles, which would make it the third largest state in the United States behind Alaska and Texas. Wow. California's third largest in area. Population is 48 million people. California is the most populous state in the United States, and 48 million for Spain puts it about 10 million higher than California. Oh, wow. So it'd be the most populous state. Capital city is? Barcelona? No. I have no idea. It's Madrid. Ah, okay. Which has 3.2 million people. So we did talk about first order of organization is called autonomous communities. Okay. Right. So there are 17 autonomous communities and two autonomous cities. What's the difference between a community and a city? I think we covered this before. We covered it for Germany. Okay, what's the Germany difference? Germany has their independent districts and they have their independent cities. And if I remember correctly, it's about the size of the community or the city that makes it a city or a community. Yes, for Germany, it was, if you had 100,000 people, it became an independent city and no longer... A community. The city would pull out of the district and become its own thing is how that would happen. The difference here is the two cities are Suta and Melilla. These are both in Africa. So both these cities are in Africa. They border Morocco on the Mediterranean seaside. Okay, so how are they in Africa, but part of Spain? Uh, how are the Virgin Islands part of the United States, but not in North America? The continent doesn't define where you can have a country. Okay, but Africa is a country and not just a continent, right? No. Okay. Africa is made up of, I don't know how many countries, but Kenya, Morocco, South okay. Africa... So again, these two cities that border Morocco, touching the Mediterranean Sea, are tiny. Uh, they're approximately seven square miles and five square miles. That is like from here to Shrock, isn't it? You're measuring distance and I measured area. I know. The the circle that we go, the three-mile route that we take, would be about five square miles. You couldn't cover five square miles with just three-mile length. Minimally, five square miles would be two miles by two and a half miles. Okay. And you can't shorten it any less than that. Actually, you might be able to shorten it than that, but either way... Yeah, much smaller than even Westerville is. Westerville, I don't know how big it is actually, but I would approximate 16 square miles, something like that, maybe 20. 16 mm. is just four miles by four miles. Oh, you're right. It's still tiny. If you think they're, what did you say, an odd autonomous community? Autonomous city. It's an autonomous city. Autonomous communities are the other 17? Yeah, 17. Okay, so what's the difference? We never really touched it. We talked about Germany's clarification of the two, but what's the clarification of Spain's between community and city? Is it the same? It's the same. Okay. It's, they're self-governing. Right, but the threshold to be cut from a community to a city is the same populace? Or no, is it? No, no, no. Okay. I don't know that we ever talked about Marta's autonomous community, because we are talking about Spain, but it's the Balearic Islands. They are the smallest autonomous community in Spain, right? Because it's primarily, what, Mallorca, Ibiza, and Menorca, and I think there's another small one by Ibiza that's included. But they are last in size at 1,900 square miles, and they are 12th in population at 1.2 million people. Wow. That's a lot of people in that little area. Between those, I mean, I'm going to say largely three islands, but again, I think there's a fourth one in there. So lots of history for Spain. I'm not going to cover everything, but we're going to do better than we did with Slovenia. Okay. Inhabitants date back 1.2 million years to prehistoric times in the form of Homo antecessor. Okay. Homo antecessor is the last common link between modern humans and Neanderthals. Okay. So looking at it real quick, I don't have time to go deep into everything, but I didn't realize that Neanderthals were different from where we are today. They, oh, yeah, because isn't that the sloped heads versus and the, and their their body structure with, or their bones and structure were different? Yeah, everything's different. We I mean, we even evolved from Homo antecessor. 
right, since then. But Neanderthals forked off from the lineage that humans have and then eventually died off. Okay. So that was 1.2 million years ago. They've been living in Spain. Just for perspective, dinosaurs were extinct 66 million years ago. So nowhere near each other yet. Skipping a lot. Spanish Empire existed from approximately 1492 to 1976. How, what happened in 1976 that it just well, died off after like... It didn't die off. We'll get there. It actually, it sort of died off. It was started by the marriage of Isabella I of Castile and Ferdinand II of Aragon in 1469. They did see Christopher Columbus leave for the New World in 1492. I didn't realize it, but they attributed Isabella I to being the funder for that mission. Oh. Spanish Empire expanded across large chunks of the Americas, Western Pacific, Africa, and parts of Europe, including the Italian Peninsula, Netherlands, and Eastern France. Catholicism was declared the country's national religion, and laws were passed to outlaw both Judaism and Islam. Really? Yeah, in the, I think that was early 1500s, if I recall the year right. If you were Jewish, you either had to adopt Catholicism or you had to leave the country. Oh, wow. I had no idea. So we, we make the Germans out to be like the aggressors of cleansing Judaism well, out of... That's not cleansing. No one was killed. Right, but you were displacing them. Yes, displacing, not taking their life. I'm sure some lost their life through conflicts that weren't mentioned. I'm sure it happened. Huh. That's interesting, though, thinking that, that Judaism isn't like attributed to a specific region or country of being them being persecuted. I, when I think of persecution of Judaism, I think of Germany and Palestine, but not Spain. Yeah, again, I wouldn't consider them close to Germany, that Germany wanted to eliminate the Jews. But they were also persecuted, so you can't do, you can't... Sure, you, but you're, you're broadening, I think you're broadening that term, though, when you say that. It seems like you're classifying death and moving both under persecution, and they probably are. I would concede that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider comparing them. I'm not comparing the scale or magnitude of their persecution. I'm saying they were persecuted. Saying you can't practice your religion, either you leave or you accommodate our religion. Yeah, that's still a persecution. So skipping a lot, there was a lot of conflict for Spain over 400 years, fighting with different countries, losing territory. So eventually by the early 1900s, they were down to primarily just the country of Spain. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's where the conquistadors came from, or from Spain. What are the conquistadors? They're the explorers. That's what Christopher Columbus was oh. originally. They're the, he was going out like Don Quixote and going out and exploring and finding riches and gold. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at it at the height of the Spanish Empire, they owned over half of North America and South America, right? That's a good chunk of the world. No one was here except the natives. They didn't own the eastern side of the United States or even the eastern side of South America. It was pretty much the western side. Okay, so Spanish Civil War broke out in 1936, leading to a split in the country. And this is where it gets interesting. The Republic side was backed by the Soviet Union and Mexico, whereas the rebels were backed by Nazi Germany and fascist Italy. What? Like, there's no good side in that battle. Right. And how... Hold on. I thought the Soviet Union and Germany were part of the Axis. This is 1936. Oh. It's not quite World War II. Okay. Rebels emerged victorious in 1939, but at the cost of about half a million lives and half a million fleeing the country. So about a million people lost. Half of those lived on, but not in Spain. Spain largely stayed out of World War II, except for lending Spanish volunteers to the Nazis. Huh. But the country itself didn't get involved. 
Government was led by the rebel leader Francisco Franco and was a merger between fascism and Carlism. Wow. And this is late 1930s, early 1940s. So they're a blend between the Soviet Union and Germany, and they're like... Uh, That's not the same. I think you're thinking Marxism? Carlism came from France at the time. Oh, you're right. I am thinking Marxism. Spain was kept out of the UN until 1955. And the reason they were brought in is because the United States needed to use the Iberian Peninsula. (laughs) Of course we did. Well, it was during Cold War, right? We needed a place to set up camp uh, yeah against the soviet union we use and abuse people that don't have like the safety net of the seas between the countries maybe and then do you know what the iberian peninsula is no idea oh you know i do it's between russia and alaska isn't it that'd be siberia okay then i don't the iberian peninsula is all of spain liberian iberian iberian all of spain all of portugal and it extends into France just a little bit. So it's, wow. it's pretty much that whole, you know, lower left side yeah. of Europe. West side of Europe. Or east side of Europe. West side of Europe? Yeah, east side would be Poland and Romania. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. I got it backwards. But during the 1950s, the U.S. did share educational ideas regarding modernization and expansion uh, and introduced them into the public, which provided a large economic growth for Spain afterward. Like what? Can you give an example or did you not go down that rabbit hole? It was just an economic growth during that time period. No, no, the modernization ideas. Oh, they didn't? No. I mean, look at from the Industrial Revolution in the late 1800s in the United States till the 1950s, we made leaps and bounds in technology and processes. Right. In 1975, Francisco Franco died and Juan Carlos succeeded him. Upon his succession, Spain became democratic in 1978. An armed separatist group known as Euskadi Ta Askatasuna existed, essentially acting as a terrorist organization within the country until 2018. Yeah, this is where Marta's thing for flags comes from. I was wondering. Yeah, so she said that she giggles all the time when she sees flags. The first day we were here, she's like, you guys have flags, USA flags everywhere. I'm like, yeah, it's a, a sign of pride. And she goes, well, it's not that way in the Spain. You're part of the rebellion or what did she call it? It was the rebellion or no, it was extremists. If you flew the Spanish flag out and about, you were considered part of the extremists. I didn't go far enough into it for this, but maybe some other time when I'm looking for something to learn, because it says they did announce a cease to violence back in 2010. And they were responsible for actual terrorist things we see happening, car bombings, their their dissolution was in 2018. So supposedly they're not functioning anymore. Well, there might be some underground or even alternate groups that we don't know about. Prime Minister Jose Maria Aznar supported President Bush in the Iraq war in 2003. But as a result, Al-Qaeda carried out the largest European terrorist attack the year later in 2004, killing 191 people in Madrid on commuter trains. So we deflected them from us into Spain. I think it was more like retaliation. Also, when when the prime minister said, hey, I support George Bush invading Iraq for the war, there was a very anti-war movement in Spain. Absolutely doesn't justify anything Al-Qaeda did in, well, anywhere, but (laughs) they legalized same-sex marriage in 2005. Really? Same-sex marriage has been legal there for 18 years. My God, what is wrong with our country? That just makes me ashamed. (laughs) We think we're the first in everything. We're like (laughs) the worst. (laughs) They also saw a property burst, bubble burst in 2008, leading to financial crisis lasting until 2016. Uh, in 2017, Catalan, well, Catalan is actually one of the autonomous communities. I know, that's where, where um, Marta's dad's from, right? Barcelona is where Catalan is. Okay. 
October 2017, Catalan voted to become independent from Spain. What? On the same day, the Senate granted their prime minister authority to completely dissolve the Catalan Senate and stage a brand new election. What? So it's a giant coup. So the interesting thing is, the what I mean, they call them autonomous communities, but that's what they really are. The intent is that they're these little sections of the country, or 17 different sections, that are running their own government. Not like states. We rely on the federal government for a lot. And Spain is more set up so that each autonomous community is its own, I guess we would call it country. And there's not a whole lot that the Spanish government does for them. Interesting. Each one has their own, uh, and military is the wrong word, but each one runs their own police force. In fact, I have it written down, so give me just a minute. Uh, I guess we'll get there in a minute. In 2021, Spain became the sixth country to make euthanasia legal. I'd be kind of curious to see what what the stipulations of that is, because that's what people fight is. It's a slippery slope, right? Yep. So there there are eight countries in the world where euthanasia is legal. In order of joining, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Colombia, Canada. Shut up. Spain, number six, New Zealand, and Portugal. A lot of Europeans. Yeah, and Colombia, Canada, and New Zealand. Canada. You know, I think I didn't know that about Canada. That's a subject that kind of interests me. I would love to follow up on that because there are some people that do need to be euthanized or should be able to say, I need, there I'm, you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm done or have the ability to say, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. So I'm done with the history. Okay. That was a lot. This will be quick. I promise. Government, they are constitutional monarchy, monarchy similar to England. Here's what I was getting at. They're one of the most decentralized governments in Europe. Each autonomous community has its own parliaments, governments, public administration, budgets, and resources. Wow. We're going to start getting closer to the wine. So this wine comes to us from the Castile and Leon region, or autonomous community, my bad. Uh, This is situated in north central Spain. It's the largest in area for the country at 34,000 square miles. So about the size of Maine. Wow. Well, about the size of Maine. It's smaller than Ohio yet. I know, but that's still a big for... Oh, we're talking about the the area, not the winery. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... (laughs) This autonomous community is the sixth most populous in Spain at 2.4 million people, which would make it the 36th largest state by populace between New Mexico and Kansas. The wine comes to us from... Actually, I don't know that. I don't know which province it's from, but the second order of organization is provinces. Okay. Capital of Castilla and Leon is Bailodi. I bet you butchered that. I actually put the phonetical pronunciation in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I still butchered it. (laughs) I I put both the actual name V-A-L-L-A-D-O-L-I-D. Yeah, I'm not going to pronounce it. And I'm pretty sure it was Bayodi. Bayodi. Two double L's make a Y sound. Bayodi. But there's three or two D's with an L. I don't know. I thought you said two L's in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's a Y. Baya. Okay. Yeah, I got that. I'm pretty sure that's right. It's the rest of Bayodi, I think. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter, but I'm not going to spend the rest of the evening trying to get it right. Um, So this is largely a plateau region, roughly 800 meters above sea level or a half mile. Okay. Right. And again, we sit about 250, 300 meters above sea level here. This region has long, dry summers reaching 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. And their winters are similar to ours. I mean, in temperature. The catch is they only get about 18 to 20 inches of rain per year. Per year? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, we're about double that. You know, I'd be interested in finding out if that's changed over the last 10 or 15 years due to global warming. I mean, we're getting much more rain and things like that. that so That's a whole nother conversation. I know. It'd be interesting. How are you going to measure it? How are you going to measure it in that region over the centuries? 
I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm sure they have some kind of historic. The only historic number or data we have is from ice. Okay. They measure how old the ice is. And then, I mean, you know it was frozen, so you can get a rough idea of the temperature. But like, we don't have data going back to 1850 on what the, the temperatures were for hardly anywhere. To be clear, yes, it's a real thing. I'm skeptical on both the data and why it's occurring. Really? You don't... Oh, humans have huge egos. You don't believe in... Oh, we're... let's not go down that path. I don't know. Can you tell me about the solar activity from the sun in the last century? Do you think it's constant? No. So do you think that we're falling out of orbit, that we're not getting the same amount of sun or the pole is different? I know we're not falling out of orbit. You don't think it's shifting any? Nope. Okay. I know that one. Okay. What about like greenhouse effects where carbon dioxide is allowing more UV lights in? I think it's trapping it. Or trapping it, yes. Trapping it in, which is melting a lot of the, the polar ice caps, which is allowing a lot more moisture in the air that has to go somewhere. Yeah. All I'm arguing is we don't have a global data set. Agreed. All right, so this comes from the region or a region within the autonomous community called Ribera del Duro. It is known as a wine region in Castile, Castile and Leon. It follows the Duro River for about 115 kilometers, so I assume that's the water source. I was trying to dig into it and find it, but couldn't. Again, we're talking long, arid summers, and we'll talk about the grape. It does hold up to warm climates, but it still has to have water from somewhere. Right, so just thinking back about how grapes are grown, if it's long, arid dry summers, should this be a sweeter wine or should this be a more dry wine? You're showing why we're dumb. I'm sorry. I'm just, I thought we covered that already at I some point. I don't think point. so. Huh. I don't think so. So the whole, you know, wine region has 86 square miles of vineyards among 300 different wineries, produces about 122 million bottles of wine annually. Oh, so we should feel privileged to have this bottle? I don't feel privileged. I know it wasn't expensive based on our Monthly subscription to Mezza. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, it, it's still good. Uh, the region produces almost exclusively red grapes, and the largest is the Tempranillo, which is what this is primarily. Other grapes in the region allowed. One of the interesting things about that region, right, is they're, they're set up to dictate both quality and what you can grow. Shut up. Yeah, so and, you and, can't explore or experiment? Right. and that Well, no, you could experiment with the wine, I'm sure, but you can't, you can't bring in a Malbec grape if you want. Actually... Sorry, Malbec's already allowed. You can't bring in Sauvignon Blanc. Oh. Not allowed. You can't even petition to have it brought in? Maybe. That's interesting. And I didn't write down the name, but they set up a lot of these regions within Spain to dictate quality of the products. So you can set up a cheese region, and anybody in that now has to you know adhere to these rules, whatever they are. Huh. This is wine region. Okay. Other grapes allowed in the region are Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Malbec, and Garnacha Tinta. Grenache. Not Grenache. Grenache? Garnacha. Tinta. What does tinta mean? Don't know. I'm not Spanish. Oh. <laughs> My bad. What does your Spanish learning tell you it is? <laughs> I don't even know if that word is Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe small Grenache? I don't know. Tinta to me sounds like tiny. So this is the Tempranillo. It's a black grape. Uh, it grows best at high altitudes, right? So we're at half mile above sea level and can tolerate warmer climates. The winery itself is Bella. It's located in the Vialba de Duro. It's about an hour east of the capital. Did I even cover the capital? We're going to... Oh, yeah, I did. That's the word we couldn't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Bialodi. <laughs> it was founded by CVNE Wineries in 2017. So it's CVNE? CVNE. No, I didn't go look to see what that stands for. Okay. It's a larger company. So this is a, is a subsidiary. The winery itself isn't that old. 2017. It's six years old. 
the vineyards are older than that. So when they when they set it up, it's based in two vineyards in the area, and those vineyards are both older than 20 years. Still not very old from what we've seen of other vineyards, but not six years. Bella was named after Sophia Riel de Achau. We're just butchering everything. I know, but how did we get Bella out of that? She was the daughter of one of the two founding brothers of CVNE and known as Bella. Ah. Again, two... Isn't Bella Spanish or has some relevance to beauty? You're the Spanish speaker here. I haven't spoke Spanish in years and I, I understand it, but I think that's what it is. Or Little Beauty, maybe? Between the two wineries, or not the two, yeah, the two vineyards, sorry, the two vineyards, they have 182 acres. Okay, that's not, that's quite a bit. The winery is 64,000 square feet with a cellar that holds 10,000 barrels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this. Okay, this, so we did go to that bourbon tour, and how many barrels did they say that they have in there? It was like, I don't remember. 600. Can you imagine? That's crazy. Yeah, 10,000 is a lot. That's insane. How do they keep that rotated? And how, how do they keep inventory? That just blows my mind. So this winery was developed with tourism in mind. So yes, you can visit. So can we go visit when we visit next year? It's not near Mallorca. Oh. Or the closest would be Madrid, but it's probably still going to be a good two hours from Madrid north. All right, let's get into the wine. This wine is 95% Tempranillo grape and 5% Cab Sav and Merlot. I do like Tempranillo grapes. I don't think I've ever had one. I get them from Wine Insiders all the time. Okay. So tell us what does the bottle look like? It's a darker glass than normal, wouldn't you say? It's not green or yellow like most very, gen- I don't know what to say, I don't want to say generic, but... It's a mostly white label. It's mostly white label. It's it's very minimal. has three stars on them. The font's really pretty. That's all I can say is it's it's very minimal. Says the name, the type of wine. I'm not impressed with the bottle itself. It's fine. I don't see a lot of legs. Yeah, I don't see a lot of legs either. What did we say? A lot of legs is more alcohol? Yes, it's more alcohol because the actual water evaporates before the alcohol. Okay. Okay, so do you think this will be light-bodied, medium-bodied, or full-bodied? It's really dark. Wouldn't that be full-bodied? Like You can't see anything through it. I agree. Not even close. Not even at the edge. Agreed. I think this is going to be full-bodied. Do you think it's a young wine or an old wine? How do I know? A young wine is at the peak level of tannins, sedating, and fruit aroma. I hope not. <laughs> Actually, I mean, we know the year, so it's... As the wine ages, it loses its tannins and its acidity. Okay. And this is a 2020, which seems good. So we'll try. We'll see. So we're we're learning a lot more. This will be interesting to, as we progress through this, but definitely getting better about judging the thickness. Is that the right term? Either light, medium, or full. So the ABV for this is 14%. That seems high. It is a little higher, but I I ran my numbers today, and I don't know. We've been saying like 12, 13% is the same as a six-pack of beer. Yeah. So double-check my numbers. This is a 750-milliliter bottle of wine. Okay. It's 14% alcohol. Okay. Which means, so let's do the easy math. That'd be 75 milliliters would be 10% plus... Four times seven and a half is 30. So, yeah, so 105 milliliters of alcohol in this bottle. Divided by 30, because it's 30 milliliters per ounce, that gets us to uh, three Uh, and a half half. on the nose, three and a half ounces of alcohol. Okay, in a six-pack of beer, you have six cans of 12 ounces, so that's 72 ounces. If you're calling your standard alcohol content for beer 5%, which is what Budweiser is, 
then that is 3.6 ounces of alcohol in a six pack of Budweiser. Okay. That work out? You are the fast math person. I can't. You had a lot of words in there. So a six pack of beer has just 0.1 total ounces of alcohol than this bottle does. So really 14% is just a hair under. I don't know where I was running my numbers before is what I'm really getting at. But all mm. right. We talked about the color and thickness. I, we can smell it. Wow. Smack you in the face? A little bit. <laughs> it's earthy. It smells like an old basement. That's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> it's, it sat in their cellar too long. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It sounds. It smells musty. Earthy is one of them. Oh, I don't. I don't like that smell. I don't either. But I can't. I can't get over it now. Like I don't want to try it. <laughs> I get it, but it should be fine. All okay. Right. Do you smell any fruit or? I can't get past the the earthy. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't. It, it smells like a musty basement. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Will this be the first bottle we don't finish? Wow. Let's see. That's it. You ready to taste it? <laughs> you first. <laughs> Are we going to do it on the count of three? I, I just hold your nose, so let's try it. <laughs> you can't hold your nose. It takes away. <laughs> it tastes a little better than it smells, but it's not awesome. I don't know if I can finish this. That's the rule. We can't stop recording until we've finished. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's keep... One more oh. sip. One more sip. Actually, it's getting better as I'm like letting it sit in my mouth. All right, so how would you describe the taste? Minimally, I would say there's no tannins. There's no tannins, but that would describe an old wine, right? Because as it ages, it loses its tannins and acidity. It's not acidic. Yeah, it's not. It's not sweet. It's very dry. Not not too dry, not not to the dry where you feel it on your tongue. Okay, so some of uh, the things that I'm reading right now, looking at it, wet cardboard. Wet? Is that an option? Yeah. Shut up. That's what it says. Why would anybody want to drink that? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no, not sherry. That's not the right word I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking vermouth. It does kind of taste like in the vermouth category. It smells like my grandmother's basement. <laughs> I cannot get over that. My God. Leathery. That's another good ad- adjective. It's leathery. But I, it, I know from the result sheet that there's at least one fruit listed. And okay. I don't taste it. If I could get past the smell of the basement, it's not a bad wine. But, God. All right. You want to hear? Hold on. Before you read that, you want to hear my guests? Yes. All right. You said... It does have fruit flavor in it. And I'm thinking, because we said it smells like my grandmother's basement, it smells like dried prunes. (laughs) (laughs) No. But I do think the way it tastes or that it hits my palate, it's not tanniny. It's not acidic. It's not chalky. It's not even bitter. No, it's just like it, but it, it has like a, smooth, dusty feel. Like it just like, it doesn't coat your mouth. It just like over your tongue and down your palate or down your throat. Like you're getting water out of an old ceramic faucet in that musty basement. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Not tart. It's, it's actually a little smooth. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's not tanniny, but it's not really bitter. It's just, it's just the taste is, yeah. it's not the taste. It's the smell. I can't get past the taste is actually not bad. The the taste is better than the smell. Yes. What would you eat with it? 
<laughs> I don't want to eat anything with it. Because <laughs> it's going to ruin the smell of the food. <laughs> I apologize to this winery in advance. I know. It's my maybe, preference. And maybe we just need, maybe it just sat too long in the bottle. I don't know, but we just got it. Yeah, a month ago. What the deuce? Give me a second. Let's think about this. What if you would eat like a meat pie with it? Like your cheese and onion pie. No, that... Uh, That's what I feel like. Like I want to do like the old school... Next, in my head, if I'm having something English like that, I'm having a, a good English beer with it, not wine. I mean, what what Metza recommends to eat with it, I wouldn't even eat with it. Cod? <laughs> I like cod. Show your face. I'm just... <laughs> So let's, I mean, let's target the meats first. Well, no, pasta. I wouldn't need any pasta with it. Nope. None. Pasta is on the sweeter side, typically. And let's look at the four basic meats. Beef, it mm. could, but it's not going to be amazing. Turkey, no. Lamb. Chicken, no. Dude, lamb or a mutton. Maybe. So you're eating mutton and I'm, what did I say? I said cod, but I don't really mean that. I don't know. Like, it just, it's like liver and onions. That's all I can think of when I want to eat it is. It's something you don't want to eat. <laughs> I like liver and onions. It's not savory. It's not sweet. It's just wine. All right. Last thing. You ready? What score would you give it out of five? A one. <laughs> I'm I, oh I'm God. sorry. I would give it a one as well. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know if we can finish it. I, we're going to finish it. We're going to finish it, but sweet lordy. We got to try this wine or this winery again. Find another bottle that they make, either a white or something that we know. I like tempranillos. I wouldn't be afraid to take the bottle back or a picture of the bottle back up to Metza and just be like, what the Yeah, WTF. What did you do? <laughs> you... Not, not what the, they do, but... Why? Why did you recommend this to us? Because I don't get it. And I usually like what they recommend. Oh, yeah. Actual flavor profile. Tasting notes are dark cherry. I don't taste that. I don't taste it at all. Red fruits. Red currant. Well, red fruits is too... <laughs> just... No, no, no. Red currant is like, it, it, it's a little bitter. And it's a little, like, earthy. Okay. But it just generically lists red fruits. So <laughs> it could be. it's not raspberry. It's not strawberry. <laughs> you nailed this one. Leather mm. and soft spice. What's a soft spice? I don't know. To pair with it, grilled skirt steak. I can see that. It does say skirt steak. Not, yeah. Not just steak. Yeah, but skirt, skirt steak is very, like, um, grainy and, and yes. kind of like mutton. Or tacos, which... Eh. Why tacos? You ruined tacos. <laughs> That's right. God. All right, would you drink it again? No. I can't get past the smell. I can't. And that keys off all the taste buds for me. If we went to Sunday night dinner and May May only had this bottle of wine, are you sticking your nose up at it or are you having some? I would pass. You would actually pass? I would really pass. I can't... I, it would ruin it for me. Like, I couldn't... You would apologetically pass. Yes. I... Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I would have a glass or two, but that would be it, just to be nice. <laughs> and they would be like a four-ounce pour, like or a two-ounce pour. Maybe. Take a gander at the, or guess, at the actual Vivino score. Considering Metza recommended it, I'm sure it's pretty high, but I can't get past it. 3.7. What? Who are the people that are reading this? I don't want to say that. It's crap. This is crap. I drink a lot of wine. That's your opinion. This is my opinion. This is yes. not good. Not, you shouldn't be mad about it. This is not good. I don't like it, but I'm not mad about it. I always here's I always look at things like you tried it, now you can have the opinion. I can see Sherry taking one one whiff of it, not even drinking it, and be like, I'm done. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris would say, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to cover with the wine? Oh, no. Let's get into what we're going to talk about. I wish I would have had a good wine to walk through what we're going to talk about. Sorry. <sighs> so this is very topical topic <laughs> tonight. So part of the reason we pushed the last episode out almost a month was I said it was my fault that I wasn't prepared and that was true. And then I think we were up on your birthday weekend or something. But then something actually did occur that made us push it a week or two more. Actually, I think it was a few more weeks more than that because we just weren't in the mood. So tonight's topic is losing your job. So I've built my career. I'm very proud of my career. I'm very proud of my job. Based on where the product was heading, my role was no longer needed. And I've been with the company for 15 years. Out of the blue, no warning. Great reviews. Yearly reviews are coming back. Exceeds. Awesome. Doing great work. Out of nowhere. I am no longer with the company. Yep, this was middle of September yet. Yep. And anybody that knows me, I have my own demons, but this destroyed me. I think I have never been so mentally broke and so dark since high school, early college. I had no direction. I had no self-worth. Just lost. A lot of drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I remember the first day or two after it happened. So my boss and myself and a few other ladies were terminated. So I got a, it was a, it was a Thursday morning. We were both in the office. I got a call from you at like nine ten, which was weird, but you're just crying saying, Hey, I'm in the car. I just got riffed. And I immediately just picked up my things and went to the car and we drove home. But do you want to share what happened that morning? Yeah. So I take pride in what I do, and my role is to coach and teach people about Agile and ways of working, and I was teaching at that point in time, and the current managing director popped his head in front of everything and said, I need to talk to you, and we're in a line of desks, and his office is just within like 20 feet of where I sit, and instead of going into his office to have a conversation, he walks me through three different full departments to a conference room that holds 20, 25 people with him and another lady that's not even in the same room. So she's in Texas, virtually. And he reads from a piece of paper, no emotional contact, no emotional like connection, says product is taking a different direction and your role is no longer needed. At that point in time, he then still does not look up, still reading from the paper, says this was like 845 in the morning and he says I have this room until 9 30 if you need to compose yourself assuming that I'm going to be a hysterical mess and instead I said no I'm grabbing my and I'm leaving and I walk out and I'm as I close the door I lose my myself my composure and I have to cry blubbering cry through three departments where everybody knows me you know how humiliating that is Walking through all those people, knowing what, I know what they knew. They knew exactly what happened. I had, and I didn't show my face after that day in any of that area. So I went back to my desk, grabbed my stuff. My other agility lead that was sitting next to me knew something was wrong. And she immediately called me and said, hey, what's going on? I said, I can't talk right now. I'm going to my car. I need a break. Called my husband. 
and he drives me home. We get home. I crack a beer and I think I drank for 24 to 36 hours straight. Pretty much. Yeah, you did. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to challenge a little bit because, I mean, you've, even, you've been on the other side too. It's not like when they're letting people go in most companies. They're not telling everybody else what's going on because it, it's strategic. They don't want the chance that that news is getting leaked to them, right? So when they saw you walking through, I'm, they knew something was up, but maybe made an assumption, but they didn't know. It's not like everybody knew, you know, all these people were being let go. And I think it was more the shame and uh, the shame factor that I'm known for being strong mm -hmm. and I was weak and I was crying and I was not composed. And I'm not known for that. And maybe I'm projecting. I was embarrassed. I felt very vulnerable, scared, alone. And also it, it wasn't just a change change in direction from this group right it was also a rough year for this group lots of issues came up throughout the year not related to you but i believe that attributed to budget cutbacks it's not my fault they don't know how to manage a budget <laughs> in a position where you're not actually delivering the things you're helping deliver and it's important role but i think that was the bigger thing was not even a week goes by and they have somebody else in my position doing the exact same thing well, we've talked about this, you and I, many times, I right? It's it's replaced if they're doing your job and only your job. But if they're doing your job plus whatever they were doing before, even to some lesser degree, it's not replaced. It's just absorbed, right? And that's that's what you do when you lose headcount. I would expect that if they were qualified to do the same job. But yeah, I do. We came home. My plan was to take the rest of the day off, but I had to interview people that afternoon. Yeah, you drank. A lot. I, I encouraged you to get a ride to the restaurant to meet your manager, who was also let go for drinks. And I met you there and picked you up, drank on Christian's Harry's porch that night. And then we took the next day off and just day drank. But I want to clarify, though. At that point in time, before that news hit, things were going great. My eating was under control. My workout habits were under control. My emotions were under control. I had figured out what was going on with my hormones and menopause and all that jazz. I was in the happy space until that happened. And then it, and again, I had no idea how much I relied on that job to make me feel validated. It's a lot of us. A lot of us put a, a lot of stock in who we are based on our career. It makes some sense. But... It does, but you don't realize how much until it's not there. So how'd you cope with it? Again, we took Friday off. We didn't do anything really Saturday, Sunday, but... No, it was... You were awesome. Very supportive. Thank you. I wasn't looking for... Hey. But that's why that's how it that's how it started out was you were very, very, very supportive. I just let me find my own way. I slept, drank, ate, cried a lot. I kept it from everybody as much as possible. I don't think we told anybody for a week. Yeah, Chris and Cherry knew right away. Uh, pretty much all our friends knew right away. Right. Family still doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to listen to this. Yeah. No, uh. Chris and Sherry and uh, Mimi and Babu were the only people that I actually physically told. I, we haven't told your parents. I know. That's what I mean. But I thought Annie and Scott knew pretty quick. Oh, yeah. And yeah, because Annie had to take me to the, the bar. <laughs> oh, right. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and then after the bar, I came back. No, no, no. I went. Was it the next day? I showed up at her house with a bottle, and they were, like, busy and... Sherry wasn't home, and I wanted to sit on Sherry's porch and drink with her, and she wasn't home, so I went over to yeah, had Kevin drop me off at the at Annie's house, and I went in, cracked open the bottle, and just started pouring, and 
venting. And as soon as I realized that they needed to go somewhere, I was like, I'll walk back down to the Sherry's house. And I helped myself into their backyard and to their back porch and just sat and drank by myself. It was pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, A couple things came out of this. So I think that was maybe this happened before it, but that was about the time that you started having play dates with Rue and Shelby. Yes. There have been some positive things. Oh, there's been lots of positive things. So outside of the first week, the first week was just a hot mess. But after that point in time, I had to really buckle down because I only had 45 days to find a job or I get severance. And I didn't want to leave a company I've been for 15 years. And it's a rather large company, enough that we can you can move mobility-wise pretty much anywhere. But I just had to find, because agility is not one of those roles that's easily, you can't find that in a lot of the areas right now. So after the first week, I had to make myself a plan where I had to get up in the morning, go apply for jobs, take interviews. That was my day job. Yeah, You were doing that right away, though. From Was I? That first Monday, yeah. And we talked about it, right? That was minimally what I wanted. Spend half the day looking for jobs. The other half of the day is... Trying to find something constructive to do. Yeah, the other half is yours. I would like, I would have liked something constructive every day. Not for four hours, right? That's not what I was looking for. Yeah, I did I did a few things. I did some really good things. Like, yep. I really focused on the house and the kids and making sure they were done. I did all the carpets and... Yeah, literally cleaned the shit out of the carpets. <laughs> yes. We have a puppy and anybody that has had a puppy knows what housebreaking it looks like. And we have carpeting in, uh, I would say, about 60% of our house. On the first floor, yeah. Potty training her was a, a headache and a half. Just because she's skittish, she doesn't like a lot of large humans getting near her. She'll run. So getting her out and, and correcting her is hard. But we figured out a couple things. We blocked off all of our rooms, except for two, three rooms that she can have access to. And I think we broke her. Pretty close. The The areas that she likes to go are not accessible at the moment. I'm not convinced she's housebroken yet. Better, definitely better. After, uh, <laughs> it felt like forever. It was eight weeks total. It was seven weeks before I actually got some good bites. I had some really good interviews prior to that. Had a couple external interviews. You had interviews pretty quick. I did, external and internal, but they were yeah. they, they were for roles that I wasn't really interested in. It was for the fact of getting a job because my job was my, my identity for the longest time, mm-hmm. right? I worked really hard for my career. I was happy in my career and not having a job and just sitting in my house was eating me. So I didn't get anything until probably two weeks ago where it came in a landslide. Would you agree? Yeah, it was your last week of employment. Yep. And it felt like <laughs> within the last three days, it was coming down to the 11th hour, and I had offers, three offers, within two days of each other. One external, two, in, two internal. Yep. And go ahead. Just to add a little more clarity, your job was eliminated. You weren't being fired because of performance issues, right? Your role was being eliminated in this specific department because it is not eliminated across the company. Because of that, you got severance, and it was a good severance. It was... 37 weeks, but we were trying to avoid that if we could. That's not what we want. Right. But if I got external, that severance still would have been, it would have been just an added bonus. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's an added stress of going external. Yep. But I wanted to to kind of go back to what else I did after the fact. I stopped working mm. out. I started eating bad again, started gaining the weight. 
realizing that that doubt in yourself can proliferate into other aspects of your life. thought I had it all together, and I pulled the wrong, the wrong block got pulled out, and it felt like everything tumbled. It's a good analogy. Now what I have to do is, now that I have a job, I'm still with the company, uh, I start next week, officially start next week. They were able to extend my, my RIF date for two weeks to accommodate this paperwork, and now I'm just reestablishing that Jenga tower to start all over again. And not necessarily start all over again, but get it stable, get it back together. So working out, watching what we're eating. I think I gained five pounds total from where I was. Yeah, I did too. Sympathy weight, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, some of the, it was, I, it, it was stressful on me too. Not the same, but it was still stressful. Some of that weight was Chicago. Oh yeah. Chicago right? I mean, we were there for there. Four, four days, days and just eating poorly for four days. Um, and then it, there's a little bit of making bad food choices on the side. Now that we're back into it, we're, we're hitting it. So if, if I lost, if my position was eliminated, what would you tell me? You're a smart, capable man that can find us. Not me specifically, but... I honestly, I would do the exact same thing. You were very supportive where you let me find my space. You made me feel happy and loved. And then when it got to a point where I was, <laughs> and I do think this, is I was into a routine and a cycle of self-loathing. And you called me out and it was more the fact that I needed it to hear it and do something different, break that wheel. But if you did it, if you were let go, we'd be fine. Everything would be fine. What were... I don't think... I don't know. I, I, now that you've experienced, I just wondered if there was any insight or advice you have now looking back on it. Oh, I would have probably got a journal. I would have journaled right away. Wrote down those self-loathing loathing feelings. Get them out in the air. Make them open as they occurred instead of waiting until the middle of the night where my mind races, and I'm up all night. There were days where I was not sleeping at all. I know. <laughs> I would sleep on the couch, in the spare bedroom. Just the, what could I have done differently? And I don't know about you, but my insomnia is really generated from me spinning through the different permutations of, if I said this different, if I did this different, or if I would have done this small tweak. Mm-hmm. The outcome would have been different. And when you are blindsided with a riff like that, where they say that your performance had nothing to do with it, you don't believe them. If I had one recommendation, it would have been journal all of that out because you could have found patterns that would have either validated or given you an opportunity to change. It probably would have been cathartic as well. Yeah. But I did do that now. Last week I started journaling, so we'll see how that rolls. Thank you, Sherry. Yeah, so for me as the spouse, I think I was, I was what, oh, the wine <laughs> still tastes like basement. Mm. Yeah, we're not even a quarter away through the bottle. We should be about a quarter, but as the spouse, I was good, maybe poorly. Like I was strong until we got to the last week, and I think strong is maybe the wrong word because I think I was just ignoring everything happening around me to to be strong in quotes, and until finally that last week. When I went in on that Monday, and I was going into the office yet, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, by myself now instead of with you. And I like having you in the office. It's nice to be able to ride into work together. It's nice to be able to communicate via the you know internal, via Microsoft Teams, to be able to chat during the day. 
and I got to that Monday, which is the last Monday before you would have lost. And then I, I finally had a moment and I hit a dark place where I was going through depression. It was a rough day for me. But aside from that, it was okay. Yeah. So let, let's clarify. We, we've been working together in the same company for 15, 16 years now. More than that. Except for the year you took at, off. Yeah. Not off, but at a different company. At a different company. But so it's. It's a big part of our lives. I mean, we've been married for 20 years, almost, this June. And considering it's three quarters of our lives together, we've been spent at this company working together. Three quarters of our, sorry, three quarters our, of our relationship. Yes. So I, I can see that. I can I can empathize with that. It was hard. And, and you're the king of compartmentalizing. I'm a professional. <laughs> I do appreciate that the, the way you did handle it. It was spectacular i don't think i could have made it through i it would have been had i not had the support model i have here between our friends and you it would have been a different outcome i think yeah so i did think it was funny tonight this all happened exactly a week after your birthday right yes and for your birthday the week prior sherry gave you a wine glass i I, I thought it was funny you chose that wine glass to drink out of tonight i don't know if you did that on purpose i really like this wine glass because it speaks to me (laughs) You can read it. I'll bleep out the bad words. Okay. Describe what it is. Oh, it's just a, um, what would you say, a stemless wine glass? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just a clear stemless wine glass that has a etched-in saying on the front. And that saying is, a wise woman once said, F*** this shit, and she lived happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> Very much true. Yep. But... <laughs> You know, I'd say it's time for the final sip, but... I've never said I don't like wine. I don't know if I can... I say cork it. Nope, we're sitting here till it's gone. Those are the rules. <sighs> okay, so let's just... Are <laughs> <laughs> you, you seriously just pouring it into the glass until it's gone? Oh my, just finish it. Oh, I didn't tell Allie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Teddy was really concerned about me for a while. So we had to tell him relatively quick, I think within three or four days, what was going on. We nerfed it quite a bit, reassured him everything was going to be fine. Because I was sad and I didn't want to think him to think it was him that was causing me to be sad. We purposely did not tell. We haven't told Marta either. No, she'll be okay. Okay. So we didn't tell Allie because a couple things is... I messed up her financials this year, and I've been taking care of all of her financial stuff, paying for her, her monthly payments, which weren't deferred that I thought were deferred. Plus, I... That needs... This all needs quantified, or it sounds scary now. Okay. So, we're accidentally $2,000 per semester under... What we did for the loan. Yeah, so we owe $2,000 per semester, which is not a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. And then the other loan, or the one loan, is it just the one loan? It's just the one loan so far, yeah. For the first semester, kicked Kicked in in for payments already because it wasn't set up correctly. So that's another 250 per month, which isn't a big deal either. Right, but it still stressed her out that we even had to do that. And I didn't want her to feel that added stress because your first year of college is exhausting and mentally and physically and socially exhausting. I didn't want to add to it, and it's not her drama to add, or drama to deal with. So we purposely did not tell Allie. I told her last night at the same time of telling her that I may have a shellfish allergy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the shellfish allergy is the one she was really concerned about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because the other one already has an answer. 
Yes, exactly. And that's part of the reason. I don't want her to stress out over it. Everything's fine. This is life throws you curveballs. You just got to hit the ball or swing at it. My metaphor is always surfing. Ride the wave. Yeah, ride the wave. I mean... You're going to fall off every now and then, but you got to get back on. To a degree, and I'm not a surfer, so I really can't be speaking to any of this, but to it, I mean, you get to select the wine, or select the wine, you <laughs> idiot, select the wave, but ultimately you don't know exactly what's going to happen, right? And you just got to go with the flow and figure it out as you do. Yep. When you say go with the flow, you know what I think of? Dora, or not Dora, <laughs> Finding Nemo. Yes, Finding Nemo. <laughs> I was going Dory and then go with slip of the, the tongue. Flow. No, no, come on, stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, did want to mention that Mei Mei was amazing through this whole thing. She was a sounding board of an older, wiser person. Wow. I mean... She is retired. She has I experiences. Might have, I might have called her your surrogate mom. But yeah. <laughs> she was my surrogate mom in this instance. I took her out to lunch, and she just revalidated how... Life is fine. I'm going to land on my feet. I'm brilliant. I'm, it was all the validating words that I needed. I didn't think this wine was going to suck so much. I did consider <laughs> opening it before we did the Spanish history and government did and all that. Did you think it would have been... Oh, yeah, that probably would have been the better idea. It, at least we would have gotten through it. But, oh, man, it would have been, oh, my God, this wine sucks the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the autonomous community of suck. <laughs> Castile and Leon, your wines suck. No, <laughs> the <laughs> Their wine does not suck. Just, I don't like it this one. It smells. It smells. If I could get past the smell. You said you like Tempranillo grape. This is, I do, but this is not good. Go into any of the ones that I get from Wine Insiders. Wine Insiders is manufactured. It is. Now, at least with this one, they still claim the wine is picked by hand. And they only use the highest quality and like every other winery says. But based on the size of the winery, it does seem a little industrial, especially given that they're a subsidiary. So overall, it's past its prime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do two final sips. Because this wine is so challenging. <laughs> it is. Set- the penultimate final sip is... The penin... What? Penultimate. Hey, Google, what does penultimate mean? According to Wikipedia, penult is a linguistics term for the second-to-last syllable of a word. It is an abbreviation of penultimate, which describes the next-to-last item in a series. The penult follows the anti-penult and precedes the ultima. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't know. What did you think I said? Penult? I said penultimate. Which it, it did mention, and it said it's the second to last in a series of things. So, the penultimate... Is the second to last. The penultimate sip. Okay. The penal sip. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even had that much. This is so hard to get through. I know. Read me the penal slip. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like an obscene fine a cop gives you. <laughs> Here you are, ma'am. Here's your penal slip. 
penultimate. <laughs> not, not penultimate. Penultimate's not funny. How did you not know penultimate? We use that in running all the time growing up. Really? Yeah, if you're doing eight 400s, it, you get to number seven. It's the penultimate 800. Because you are weird. I That's, don't know. The penultimate one is the one you put all your effort into, and then... Uh, no. Then the last one is just even harder, and you still put all your effort into it. All right. So the penultimate sip is a scent that makes me nostalgic. I tried to think of a really good one that takes me back to childhood, but I couldn't. The best one that comes to mind is this candle I used to burn when Allie and I played Minecraft. It wasn't related. It just happened to be what we did. So I'm up in the office, which was Marta's room for a bit, and now it's back to my office, and it just happened. I I wasn't spending a lot of time in there 10 years ago like I am now. And when Allie and I first started playing Minecraft, just to make it smell better, and and it's not a bad smelling room, but just to make it smell better, there was a particular candle I would light, and I think it's, it's like a blackberry candle or something. I don't remember. But even Allie, to this day, knows... It's the Minecraft candle. And I, I tried looking for it today, this afternoon too, after you showed me this question, but mm. I couldn't find it. I think it's in her room. I think it's not in the office right now. It's not in the closet of stuff that was in the office a year and a half ago and I moved it and just haven't moved it back yet. To both of us, that's what it is. It's the Minecraft candle. When you smell it, it takes you back to playing Minecraft all those years ago. Hmm. Is it the Kroger candles? I don't know. I would have to find it to see if we could buy it again, but... You're going to think mine's stupid. Church. Church smell. No. But church has a smell. It does have a smell of frankincense. Not my church, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) My church smells like this wine. Oh my God. That's exactly what it is. Musty old basement smell comes from churches that have not been open windowed or they don't have any breeze going through it. It's just old men in there. (laughs) No, no. Just saying. Mom and Dad's church does have that basement that has a particular smell, and it does kind of smell like this wine, but that basement also has windows that open and can air out. It smells like the rectory. The rectory at... St. Gerard. Okay. Because it was cinder block walls in the basement, so when you got wet, you could smell it. Maybe this is actually the church wine, and that's why churches smell that (laughs) way. So they just open up the bottles and let them air out before they pour it in for yeah. communion. Okay. They got to get the Tempranillo wine from Spain for communion. 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 <laughs> it's my Spanish accent. <laughs> okay, you're going to think mine is stupid. It's wet soaked or beer soaked carpet. Okay, yes, that does. Like, I it can... takes you back to college. Yes! Like And cigarettes. Yes! Like, Together. Yes, because what I'm thinking of is the green bugger. You walk up the stairs, and that's the first waff coming from, as you open the door from the driveway, and you go up the stairs, that waff that comes before you go to the living room on the right or the bedrooms on the left, it's just yep. like... Yeah, believe it or not, my my sophomore year house in Cincinnati smelled like that, too. I mean, the beer makes sense, but only one of the roommates smoked, and that was very casual smoking. Oh, no, the green bugger, what everybody... There were so many burn marks in that carpet, and I, mean, I don't know how they got any of their deposit back. We still need to do that party there some year. Yeah. Before we all get too old, because that's happening very quickly. <laughs> Way too quick. How do we find out if we, how we can rent it? Oh, dude. Just put Chewy on it. I'm going to do that. The smell that takes you back is beer and cigarettes in a house. Our beer-soaked carpet. 
where the beer is actually, or the carpet's actually wet? It just, it has like, it's been dumped on it and lasted, like nobody cleaned it up. Gotcha. Yes. Same thing. I'm thinking the same thing. That's the way our house smelled. But that's exactly what, and it's not just the green booger. That's the smell that was at the Big Red and the White. Every college place. Oh my God. I was trying to think of a better smell along the way. Like I'm sure there's Disney smells that take me back. But actually take me back to being 10 years old. I, I couldn't think of one offhand. I was trying to think Christmas, like your grandmother's cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just thinking. Grandma's sugar cookies. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And my grandmother's pumpkin roll. My grandma Clement's pumpkin roll. Yeah, all food related. The smell of the swimming pool at my parents. The corn as going into the silo where after it's been harvested... And you can just smell that kernel corn, the kn- dry corn smell. I know what you're talking about, but that doesn't strike me. Maybe a little nostalgic. Oh, we used to play in that corn when... Fair food. Oh, oil. Like oil for... The smell the... you get out in the barn in the shed? Yes. 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 Pig manure. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I did raise pigs a couple seasons. Mom's sloppy joes. Mm, still does. Make... Isn't there, there's another meal she makes we love, isn't there? It's the I casserole. Mean, there's, there's a few, but there's, that's. Tom- it's the tomato soup That's grandma's. Oh. I was thinking, I mean, there's a lot of meals she makes that we like, but the, I was thinking there was one that was. Your dad's brisket right now hits me. For, I love... for, that's not nostalgia. I like the smell of it. It makes me feel good. Yes, but it's not nostalgic. I know. I think those are all the smells that bring me back. The final question is, I'm the most judgmental when it comes to... I don't know. I'm the most judgmental when it comes to... I can at least answer one of mine. Go ahead. And it, it, I only say this because it really struck a chord with me Wednesday night when we were listening to one of the Armchair Expert podcasts, and Dax mentioned how he always fights back against hypocrisy. You don't think he's a hypocrite? I don't know. I wasn't judging him on it. But when he said that, it's very true for me. And I'm not saying I'm never a hypocrite, but it's my goal to never be a hypocrite. And I hate when people are being hypocrites, right? Enforcing upon others that these are the way things should be, but then not following those same rules themselves. That drives me nuts. I think maybe the the reverse is true then for me is when you do do that, which is awesome. But then you go to the extreme where you say, or you use the words, no, 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 or... When anybody poses an alternate view, you stick to your view only. And I think that's where I feel very judgmental when you... I think I argue incorrectly there. It's a learned behavior. So you're, you're most judgmental on me when, I, when I'm saying no, no, no. <laughs> okay. I'm glad, or, you're, I'm glad your most judgmental moment is focused on me. Well, I, I spend most of my time with you and I talk to you the most. But could you broaden it to okay. society or, or something? <laughs> okay. I am most judgmental when people put me in either a right or left wing box. Okay. I'm going to use an Adam Grant phrase. Tell me more. <laughs> I like what you're saying. Tell me more. I don't like that the stereotypical behaviors or values are either in one versus the other. Why can't they be in both at the same time? Mm-hmm. I think I'm judgmental when people tell me I have to be one or the other. Where are some areas that you think you're gray? Finances. Where right people on right wing are conservative with their money. And liberals are supposed to be shelling out their money to anybody that's in need. 
Okay, so by conservative, I think a better word might be stingy, yes. Stingy with their money, selfish, or... Selfish with their money. And then liberals are assumed to be giving out their money. And that's what I'm saying is that's where I feel like I'm judgmental when people say that you have to be one or the other and you can't be both or a gray area. It's either black or white. And this in society, it should never be black and white. Okay, so how are you in the gray area? It depends on the situation. Okay. So uh, what I'm saying is, oh, supporting the Ukraine. How did you support Ukraine? You can give money into supporting... How did you support Ukraine? Oh, there's donations at, at work. You can donate work money. You can, but how did you support Ukraine? By donating money to the Ukraine fund. I don't <laughs> know. It's a support of Ukraine. Okay. So what are you trying to mine out here? I'm not. So I, I like what you're saying. I think the, the gray areas for me, let's take the easy ones. I think abortion should be legal, but I'm, I'm not on the left side, especially where we just passed for Ohio. I don't think we should be as lax as we are. 21 weeks is too long. If you don't know what's going on with your body after four and a half, five months. Right. You're halfway through your pregnancy at that point in time. Yeah. I know somebody recently, I won't name names, said, hey, you know, some girls don't have periods and they don't know what's going on with their body. Great. But if they're having sex and not regularly taking pregnancy tests, either way, that's, I don't want to go down this. I want, that's where I establish I'm in the gray area. I'm not all the way on the left. I'm a little closer to center where, I don't know, maybe it. 12 weeks. That's three months since you had your last period. By then, you should be taking action or it's too late. Same thing with gun control. I, oh uh, well, God. I don't want to take anybody's... Well, that's not true. There are certain guns. A word gun, I think, was, if you, in context, was meant to protect a family. And at that point in time, you didn't have the variations of guns that you do now. You don't have high-velocity rifles that they did when, or the same kind of rifles that they did when they first created that constitutional right. We're not experts in guns, so I don't want to use words incorrectly. I'll just describe where I, I like. First, if you ha- if anybody has the type of gun where you have to pull the trigger each time to fire a shot, I'm okay with that. I don't care if it reloads itself right away, as long as you have to keep pulling the trigger one time per shot. Because you consciously have to make that decision. I'm okay with that. Any gun where you can hold down the trigger to have it continuously spray bullets, I'm not okay with. Those belong off the streets. But at the same time, I don't want more bureaucracy around gun ownership. We just need... I don't know what we need, because if we did, we'd have the answer. I'm trying to think upstream here, right? I love... It's not Adam Grant. Who is it? It's not Adam Grant. But somebody wrote the book on upstream downstream thinking, right? Oh, it was Adam Grant. It wasn't Adam Grant. But the concept is... Downstream thinking is you penalize people with guns for doing the wrong thing. Upstream thinking is you help prevent them from doing the wrong thing to begin with, right? And that's what we need to work on. We, we need to work on keeping guns out of the, or helping the people that shouldn't even be holding a gun, really. I don't know. Again, we're not experts here. But my point is, I'm not completely against gun ownership yet, just certain types. Dan Heath? That sounds right. The quest to solve problems before they happen. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> It's in my Amazon history. I don't buy that many books. I think it is. Oh, you're right. It was Dan Heath. You're right. Upstream, the quest to solve problems before that. You're right. Sorry. I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Good job. (laughs) But I I love that book. That that was a good way to challenge your thought process, right? Yeah. Again, the same concept is, you know, if, if you're sitting in a hospital and you see a kid come in with a broken arm every day and slowly... More and more kids are coming in with broken arms every day. Instead of just fixing the broken arm and sending them on their way, pause and and think, why are these kids getting broken arms? Let's address the problem. 
Oh, and that kind of goes... Rather than hiring more doctors and establishing more hospitals as a response. That goes back to what I've been listening to in my podcast is that ancient Chinese medicine was instead of doing pharmaceuticals and figuring out what those pharmaceuticals are to solve the symptom, go back and really look at what is the upstream impact that's causing that symptom to occur. What's the root cause? Yeah. Any other ways you think you're in the gray area for left on right? Um, so we talked about monetary. We talked about guns. I think the other aspect is that liberals are non-committed, are committal, and Republicans are committed to it full throttle. You see, either you support what I believe in or you are not, truly. How do I explain that? Or how do I... I don't agree with that judgment. Why? It the, seems the like whole... you might see it that way because you side with the left. No, it's. I'm thinking more like the whole don't tread on me. If you don't oh. believe in the same things I believe in, you then... But you see that from the left as well. Both sides have their extremes. Agreed. Which is, it's my way or the highway. Both sides. One side is less likely to pick up a gun than the other. <laughs> Are you thinking Nikki? No. Okay. I wasn't, no. Oh, feminism. Yeah, that's one example. Pull that thread there. I don't think I have enough to say. I think feminism is a lot like that picture we saw at school the other day about getting what you need. Mm. Being fair is not having everybody have the same thing or equal things at the same time. It's being given the things that you need to be successful. Yeah, that seems like that wording is going to backfire. <laughs> Why? Well, can you elaborate a little more? Okay, so let's say if two kids were given the same amount of wood, the same tools, and the same amount of materials to construct a, oh, what am I thinking, like a tent or a structure for safety... Uh, uh, lean to to protect themselves from uh, uh, the weather one kid doesn't need instructions the other kid does but if the other kid does need instructions does the other kid that doesn't need instructions have to be given the instructions to and does he have to follow them i'm trying really hard not to be smart (laughs) (laughs) but you understand what i'm trying to say is not everybody needs the same things to be successful yes so let's see if we can articulate this i think i'm starting to feel the wine by the way because <laughs> um, you've drank a lot more of it than I did. <laughs> so, if the worst case perspective of feminism is that it's women for themselves and men, right? That's the worst. But what feminism in its ideology says is let's do what we can to uplift women, to put them equal with men in society, wherever they may be lacking, not they as a whole, wherever they may be mistreated. So I've always often had this question in my head when I hear the word feminism is who put men first literally changed my whole perspective about feminism was that Cleopatra, a documentary that I saw on Netflix, where it talked about her life with Alexander and Julius Caesar and how she had to play the game. And because in Egypt, women were treated equals as as men. But then when you came to the Europeans, men were treated higher than women. But who made that decision? Their biceps. Why? But that's, I think that's my... That's, my bi- that's humanity in general. Yeah. That's the root of feminism, is that women were never treated or given the same opportunities as men. And feminism was the direct result to e- make that equal. Uh-huh. And we've taken it to the extreme where it's almost like people want women to have that day in the sun where they're better than the men. And I think that's where Nikki goes too far for me. Yeah, I'm out when there's a female Iron Man. 
What? But I'm being serious, though. I'm making jokes. You are. I'm Chandler. Doesn't it make you uncomfortable? No. Chandler. Hmm. Anyhow, judgmental when it comes to right and lefters. Both sides? Either one. When it comes to somebody saying it's either one or the other. The extremes. The extremes. Okay. If you don't believe this, then you're not a Republican. No. Or if you believe that, you're not a Republican. Or if you believe that, you're not a liberal. Well. Oh, the ones, while we're on the subject, the ones that kill me, going back to hypocrisy, are the ones complaining about the free handouts for student aid, who also took the free handouts for their corporations during COVID. Absolutely agree with that. It's like, get over it. I don't have the numbers on hand, but you can go back to the politicians, specifically here Republican politicians, who are complaining about the free handouts for student aid, who received millions during COVID for their businesses. It's just... College is a scam anyway. Do we need a final, final sip? I think we do. But I don't know if I want to go... I would quit my job if you'd pay me to. I don't want to do that one. one. It's your turn. You can go through the... Or we play random, that's what she said, questions. (laughs) (gasps) Are you serious? I can try. What is is going on? Are we actually trying to compete? Yeah. How many did you pick? Five. We're going to play that's what she said for... I think it's seven. Okay. Who's starting? You. Okay. This is, we're playing That's What She Said, which is the PG-13 version of Cards Against Humanity for a few minutes until we finish this Horrible. basement ass wine. <laughs> After my grandma passed gas. We're going to have more fun with this. After Grandma Sue passed gas, <laughs> she leaned over to Grandpa Jim and said... <laughs> she leaned over to Grandpa and said... Oh, my God. There are... Can we just read off the ones that no. we think... <laughs> You get to pick one. Pick okay. one. Pick I'm going to pick one, but then can I read the other ones? No. No, you may not. We, we have, we're not doing just one. We've got to finish the wine. You shuffle them so I don't know whose is whose. After Grandma Sue passed gas, she leaned over to Grandpa Jim and said, I'm feeling wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible. <laughs> After Grandma Sue passed gas, <laughs> she, I'm still laughing at that. <laughs> she leaned over to Grandpa Jim and said, the girl's got to eat. <laughs> Why is that funny to you? <laughs> I'm leaning towards I'm feeling wobbly. Is that <laughs> is that the rando or is that you? It's the rando. Oh, you suck at this. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> rando gets the card. <laughs> All right. When asked if I was into threesomes, I said, actually, let's pick two randos. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Oh. I don't get to compete against two after you compete against one. Oh. Just admit you suck. How's your wine? Basement tea? Oh, my God. When I asked if I was into threesomes, I said, I enjoy my meat tender with a warm pink center. When I asked if I was into threesomes, I said, it's a weird shape, but I like it. I enjoy my meat tender with a warm pink center. That was mine. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, you get the I red get the one. the red one. One to nothing. You ready? Yes. <laughs> my Uncle Harry woke me up in the middle of the night and whispered, Except that I don't want to set up another mic. It would have been fun with Teddy here. It would be. My Uncle Harry woke me up in the middle of the night and whispered, when was the last time you went clamming? <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's yours. My Uncle Henry woke me up in the middle of the night and whispered, I'm going to ride this as hard as I can. <laughs> okay, it's that one. <laughs> Is that you? That's me. All right. <laughs> Both were pretty good, yeah, though. Yeah, pretty good. All right. It's pretty good. You got to read a red one. Oh, I do have to read a red one. How many do you have? I have seven. 
I would definitely give a homeless person some money if their sign said. I might be burning this one. I mean, I like the card, but I don't know if it goes with this very well. We'll see. I would definitely give a homeless person some money if their sign said, what I put in my mouth is my business. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. You're not supposed to chew on that. (laughs) What I put in my mouth is my business. Red card. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, drink your wine. (laughs) Red, Red card. It's your turn. Oh, it is. Right? Oh, it is. It is your turn. Kanye West grabbed the mic from the award winner and shouted. By the way, did the girls even know that story? I don't know. That was like Taylor Swift's rookie MTV Music Awards, right? Mm-hmm. Kanye West shouted, it's time for your performance review. <laughs> it's so simple and stupid. <laughs> Kanye West shouted, I like the tassels on your curtains. I, I like the performance review. <laughs> okay, that was you. All right. <laughs> Record. <laughs> All right, red card. (laughs) My favorite triple X film is called. Hey, Teddy, do you want to play? That's what she said. You don't get a microphone and you don't get to read questions, though. You just get to play. Okay? Okay. Okay. You draw seven white cards from anywhere you want. You can read the question for Teddy real quick and you can. No, you cannot. Not on this one. Okay. This one's a little too racy. You need a rando card. Oh, I need a rant. You pick the rando card, I'll shuffle. My favorite triple X film is called I'm Waiting for Mr. Big. My favorite triple X film is called You Are Making This Way Harder Than It Has to Be. Really? Yeah. That's mine. (laughs) I like the other one better. Really? I'm Waiting for My Mr. Big. (laughs) That's a good title. It's a good title. All right. Teddy's now in the game. My turn to read. Teddy, you're playing. It's you and your mom versus Rando. I'm reading this card right now. Ready? I overheard the sweaty repairman say to my wife. (laughs) And your mom will shuffle, so I don't know whose is whose. What was the prompt again? I overheard the sweaty repairman say to my wife. The repairman said to my wife, one in the hand is worth two in the bush. Pretty good. That smells like this is card. The repairman said, does it always squirt that far? (laughs) Wow. The repairman said, you can't tell anyone about this. Is this you? That's you. Speak <laughs> you. Which one was this one oh, was Teddy's? A, yeah. Was that yours? Yeah. Okay, so the rando card was still pretty good. One in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> yeah, but what was the, the winner? Does it gotta squirt that far? Does it always squirt that far? <laughs> <laughs> Almost done. Whew. Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force One two. <laughs> Uh, why no you you have to pick another one i have to pick yours before you can get the red card oh my gosh if you don't pick mine we you have to pick the answer to it so donald trump is changing the name of air force one to blank and you got to fill in the blank if you don't pick mine i don't know all right donald trump is changing the name of air force one to Duck, it's about to spray everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So gross. (laughs) Meh. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force One to I see you have all the bells and whistles. (laughs) Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force One to Don't act like you've never done this before. (laughs) How dark. 
It's about to spray everywhere. <laughs> my card. Oh my gosh. This wine worst wine ever. So good. Oh yeah, you want to smell it? You can take a sip if you want. <laughs> <laughs> What's it smell like to you? You smell it again. Smell it again. What's it smell like? <laughs> it does. It smells bad, doesn't it? We declare those. Not that one. We, it's that yeah, one. <laughs> we declare these are the rules of the podcast. That's why this Whoa. one is taking so long. All right. It's your turn. Oh, is it? Yeah. I just won. Donald Trump is changing the name of Air Force That's One. That's right. Okay. I was at my girlfriend's house studying when her mom interrupted and disturbingly said, <laughs> Pick your rando. Mine wins. Mine wins. If you read it in context with the question, I think it wins. I was at my girlfriend's house, quote unquote, studying when her mom interrupted and disturbingly said, you have to try my crab dip. <laughs> <laughs> I was at my girlfriend's house, quote unquote, studying when her mom interrupted and disturbingly said, did you start without me? I was at my girlfriend's house, quote unquote, studying when her mom interrupted and disturbingly said, a good pregame stretch is a must. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. They're all good. A good pregame stretch is a must. It wasn't me. Rando! Rando! <laughs> Rando good job, Teddy. You played it well. That was good, Ted. I did. Uh, did you start without me? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Our son did. Did you start without me? <laughs> it's ew. <laughs> new card. My gym teacher invented a new game called. <laughs> Just looking at my own answers. Uh, I actually think I'm almost down to the last sip. My gym teacher invented a new game called. Should we put down a tarp first? <laughs> Not bad. My gym teacher <laughs> invented a new game called. <laughs> Not the name of the game. <laughs> wait, 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 let it swallow. <laughs> My gym teacher invented a new game called I'm Trying to Find the Hotspot. <laughs> <laughs> My gym teacher invented a new game called Let's Do It Face to Face. <laughs> oh my God. I think this name, new name of this game is Which One Did Ted Play? <laughs> I think Teddy played face to face. No. Nope. <laughs> All right. Please tell me it wasn't the tarp. <laughs> oh, I, I think I'm putting the tarp down. That one's not my answer. <laughs> Let's. The gym teacher created a game called "I'm Trying to Find the Hotspot." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready to cheers to the last sip? One more. One more. One more. Whew. All right. It's your red card. Oh, this is a good one. The chunky child jumped on Santa's lap and said, <laughs> Mine's okay. No, I get to shuffle. What are you doing? It's like the weird space Muppets from the Muppets. <laughs> right, the aliens? Bum, bum, ba-da-dum. Manana. 
The chunky child jumped on Santa's lap and said, don't let it get in your eye. (laughs) The chunky child jumped on Santa's lap and said, it tastes better when you have two in your mouth. The chunky child jumped on Santa's lap and said, looks like shag carpet is making a comeback. Oh my God, that's that's exactly what, that's funny. That's mine. It's yours. the red card red card the red card this has been an extra long night tonight due to what horrible tasting and smelling wine it's not not tasting horrible smelling wine our opinion right next time i think we need to actually go to metza and pick out a wine ourselves to try rather than metza picking out ourselves Uh, or if we're going to go back to white i could pick up another bottle of that Okay, we can do that. I mean, that's been my favorite white in a long time. But anyway. Until next time, remember, size matters. No one likes a small glass of wine. too late to rebrand can we just be two idiots that drink wine <laughs> yeah this is super classy by the way it smells like my grandmother's <laughs> basement <laughs>